You know, I think as wrestling fans, we're just all inherently a little cynical. We're all just waiting to see who's working me here, brother. Uh, but I'm telling you, man, in my real life, I really am Conrad, the mortgage guy. I really do love helping our listeners save money and get out of debt faster and really achieve their financial goals, not just short term, but long term. And listen, these days in America, there's like two types of folks, right? Families who have a little extra month at the end of the money. And then of course there's the folks who are doing okay right now, but man, I sure do wish they could get to their long-term goals of retirement or being debt-free a lot faster. No matter what your situation is, we can help at SaveWithConrad.com. See what Roger said here in Bartlett, Tennessee. He left us a five-star review and it read, Always the skeptic. I'm not prone to do things on a whim or just because I heard it on a wrestling podcast. But the more I learned about First Family Mortgage, the more I saw on social media about the incredible results, combined with our stagnant but still growing credit card debt, I knew I had to do something. Derek answered all of our questions and calmed our fears. We had some work to do on our end, but once done, it was the smoothest stress-free process I could imagine. Now I can afford adfreeshows.com. Hey, shout out to you, Roger, and we're going to hook you up with a free subscription to adfreeshows.com. I greatly appreciate your business and certainly your five-star review. But man, listen, if you're like Roger, I get it. I'm not doing this. This is my house. I'm not going to put that in the hands of the podcast guy. I like his podcast, but I'm not letting him touch my house. I get it, man. But what if I can help? Let's just run the numbers. Find out right now for free how much you can save at savewithconrad.com. You don't need perfect credit. You don't need money out of your pocket. And if we can't save you some cash, we won't waste your time. So what are you waiting for? Hurry to savewithconrad.com. NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lender. If you've got credit card debt, hurry to savewithconrad.com. You know, Mother's Day is right around the corner, and moms are the most special people in the world. My mom means everything to me. She was the one I won an Olympic gold medal in 1996. But you can't exactly get your mom a gold medal for Mother's Day. But you know what you can get her? A gold dip rose from Steven Singer Jewelers. The Gold Dip Rose from Steven Singer Jewelers is the perfect gift. These are beautiful. They last forever and come with a lifetime warranty. It doesn't need water and never dies. They have a lot of different types, too. You might go with a Rose Gold Dip Rose. How about a Platinum Dip Rose? So many choices. And it even comes with a personalized gift message. You could write a message like, Hi, Mom. Thanks for watching me win a gold medal with a broken freaking neck. Love, Kurt. Okay, maybe not that, but you get the idea. You've heard about them for years, right? I hate Steven Singer ads, billboards, and I hate stevensinger.com. Let me tell you more about them. Steven Singer jewelers are real jewelers, selling real jewelry and, yes, real roses. They have a real brick-and-mortar store in Philadelphia, and they do everything through that store. So when you call them, you're speaking to someone at their store in Philly, not at a call center. I like dealing with Steven Singer Jewelers because there are no gimmicks. They have the perfect prize every day. There aren't any sales, codes, discounts. Basically, there's no BS. It's true. No, really. I'm not just saying my catchphrase here. It's actually true. You will be happy you bought from Steven Singer Jewelers. They've got top value and quality. They treat their customers great. They're upfront people. Visit IHateStevenSinger.com 
or just go to Google and type in Steven Singer. Spell just like it sounds. Give your wife, girlfriend, mother, daughter, grandma, or anyone else in your life a gift that will last forever with Steven Singer Jewelers. Hey, this is your Olympic hero, Kurt Angle. Drop the chips, make physically fit protein snacks part of your daily gold medal routine. They're high in protein, made from 100% all-natural real chicken meat and organic plant protein. Air-baked, low in net carbs, and taste insanely delicious. Grab a bag today and enjoy curbing your hunger with a crispy crunch and intelligent real food protein snack. Now you and your family can reach the gold with Physically Fit. Now available in 11 great flavors. Visit physicallyfit.com. Oh, it's true. It's damn true. Kurt Angle and welcome to the Kurt Angle Show. We have a special episode for you today. It's Ask Kurt Anything. Fans will be able to ask me anything they want. And the man that's going to bring it to you is my co-host, Conrad Thompson. How you doing, Conrad? Man, I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me, dude. I uh, Thank pre- you. Pretty excited to be here. I think this is the only pro wrestling podcast hosted by an Olympic gold medalist, right? <laughs> yes. Oh, it's true. It's damn true. We've got so many questions, Kurt. There's no way we'll get to them all. Uh, maybe we'll do a bonus okay. episode for adfreeshows.com. But, dude, we got 22 pages worth. So let's do our best to get Holy through as many smoke. as we can. Okay. Um, Andrew wants to know at any point during your pro wrestling career, did you ever consider making another run for the Olympics? I did consider it in 2012. I mean, I was actually, I believe, almost 40 years old. I think I was 40. And uh, it was just an outlandish idea because after I broke my neck several times in WWE, I had no upper body strength. I was pretty much full of myself. I went back to training. I took a break from TNA, did some training for a couple months and realized I just couldn't do it. Uh, My body was not holding up and uh, uh, my upper body strength was really weak. And I just knew that I wasn't capable of making the Olympic team. So I wasn't going to do it. But I didn't really take a serious approach. It was only a couple months training, and, you know, I just wanted to see how it would do. I was getting, um, you know, it was a point in my life where, you know, I was letting a lot of people down with the decisions I made, and I wanted to go back to the Olympics. You know, it's one of those psycho- psychology things where you want it to be, you know, 1996 again because things were great. Right. And uh, I think that's the reason why I tried to do it. That's pretty, uh, introspective of you to recognize that. Did you, did you ever meet with a sports psychologist or talk to anybody about that? I know that, um, we've heard a lot of guys in MMA and, and quote unquote, legitimate sports do that. I think Chael Sonnen is probably the most notable one who would have great success in his fights, but then 
He would get to the last round after dominating the entire fight and he would lose with the exact same maneuver over and over. So he started to go see a sports psychologist and I think it became more in fashion in MMA. Did you do something like that in your career ever? In my Olympic career? Yes, I did. I went to a sports psychologist because I wasn't able to beat a certain amount of individuals on the Olympic team in 1993 and 1994 for the world championship team. And I, I was, I hit a wall and I actually quit for a few months and thought, I'm, I can't beat these guys. So why even try? Wow. And, uh, so taking a few months off, I met a sports psychologist and he said, Hey, let me take care of you. I'll actually do it for free. So I started going there and he was giving me, you know, certain psychology tips about how to be more confident, how you can succeed in life. Uh, he was, um, you know, uh, what do you call it? When you put the voodoo on you, um, Oh yeah. Uh, You're talking about where he would hypnotize hypnosis, hypnotize me. Yeah. Yeah, He hypnotized me and, uh, would, you know, have me speaking during my hypnotism and, uh, it, it worked extremely well because when I made the commitment to come back in 1995 and 96, I was still seeing the sports psychologist and I continued on every week and I didn't lose a match then, uh, from there, that point on, I won the U S open the, um, the world team trials, the world championships in 1995. And then I won the U S open, the Olympic, uh, trials and the Olympics in 2000 or 1996. So it worked extremely well. The crazy thing is I stopped after the Olympics, <laughs> never went back to him again. So I got a messed up mind now that I got to try to unravel. I need to go to another sports psychologist. No, I'm thinking, man, you got to go find that guy and write him a check. Hey, I (laughs) appreciate those free services. They paid off. Here you go. Oh, without a doubt. Yes. Hey, I'm Kurt Angle. One of the best parts about doing the Kurt Angle show is getting to share great brands and products with our listeners that can make your life easier. And right now I'm going to talk to you about keeps talking to all you guys out there about something we're all going to experience sooner or later hair loss. Whether it's thinning hair, receding hairlines, or edge shaving your head in a hair versus hair match, two out of three men will experience some form of hair loss by the time they're 35. Guys, that's basically all of us. More than 50 million men in the U.S. suffer from male pattern baldness, but there's an easier way than ever to do something about it. It's called Keeps, as in using it keeps your hair. Keeps offers easier access to hair loss treatment than you'll ever get anywhere else. We're talking about no office visits to the doctor. You do it all online. After a quick consultation, the doctor can help you find the right prescription strength medication approved by the FDA. And the best part, it's delivered right to home. It comes in discreet packaging. There are no worries with Keeps. Great news if you're on a budget. Treatment plans start at only $10 per month and Keeps offers generic versions of medication too. And Keeps has more five-star reviews than any of its competitors. It's a great company. Prevention is key, folks. It's true. Treatments can take several months to yield results, so you want to start as soon as possible. If you're ready to take action to prevent hair loss, go to keeps.com slash Kurt to receive your first month of treatment for free. That's keeps.com slash Kurt to get your first month free. K-E-E-P-S dot com slash Kurt. Oh, it's true. It's damn true.
Uh, Matthew Devin says, uh, is it true when you got moved to ECW that you were going to have a run with the ECW title? Yes, it was true, but it didn't happen because, um, I got injured and, uh, you know, I, I was having a difficult time staying healthy. And, uh, when I lost the title of WrestleMania 22, um, you know, they, they, uh, put me in ECW and, uh, they wanted me to have a title run there, but I made some poor decisions. I failed a drug test and, you know, uh, uh, that, that I got suspended for a month. So there wasn't, uh, going to be a world title for me in ECW. And after that, when I came back and, you know, I, I pretty much left WWE at, at that particular time and never looked back. Let's, uh, let's jump into, uh, Lee Parker. He has a question that I think we've probably wanted to talk about. What is the biggest misconception about Kurt angle? Do you hear oh, something gosh. all the time where people have a certain impression of you and then they meet you and they say, boy, I really didn't expect blank. They usually say I'm a lot nicer than I portray on TV. I don't agree. <laughs> I think I'm always nice, but, uh, I think a misconception is that I suck because I don't suck. <laughs> <laughs> I think the reality is, you know, obviously your character is larger than life, but in real life, you're probably one of the most humble guys I've met in the wrestling business. And that's probably the biggest misconception of you that you don't puff your chest out and I'm a hall of famer and WWE world champion and Olympic gold medalist. You're just Kurt. And that's pretty cool. I just try to be me. That's all I can do. Uh, Santiago says, what was your favorite match outside of WWE? Oh man. I had some great ones in TNA. Uh, but I do have to say Yuji Nagata, mm -hmm. new Japan pro wrestling, I believe 2008 one of my best performances of all time. And what's crazy is Yuji and I never worked together. We never locked horns before that day. That was the first time we ever touched each other. And the chemistry was unreal. His, his facial expressions and his selling was out of this world. It reminded me a lot of Undertaker when Undertaker was head, his eyes would go up in his head. When Yuji Nagata, when we had, when I had a submission hold on him, he is, he put his eyes up in his head and it just kind of freaked me out. It was like, wow, this guy's doing the full money. I mean, he's doing everything. So, uh, he pulls out all stops and, uh, our technique was just incredibly good. We just had great chemistry and we, the whole match flowed. We had false finishes and submissions. Uh, it was definitely my best match I did in Japan and definitely my best match outside of WWE. If you haven't seen it. Go, go take a look at it. It's new Japan wrestling. I believe 2008 against Yuji Nagata. That's tremendous. I would have never guessed that that would have been your pick. Uh, bear blue wants to know, have you ever had a desire to go train talent at the performance center or open a wrestling school? Well, uh, I would consider doing it. Um, it's something that I enjoy doing. Uh, you know, a triple H, uh, offered me a job, I believe to, uh, you know, um, train wrestlers. He wanted me to come down once a month to NXT, uh, nothing transpired from it, but you know, maybe in the future there might be some possibility, but I, I don't, I, I like training people. I just don't have a lot of time right now to do it. Uh, believe it or not, even including in this pandemic, but, um, I I'm, I'm good at training people. I'm good at teaching people stuff. 
Uh, Caleb wants to know who is someone you only had a match with, but feel like you had a great program with. So the idea uh, being, it was just a single one-off, but you could have, if they would have stretched it, it could have been something special. This is a surprising one, but Chad Gable. Wow. I, I really believe I had one match with him. I thought the match was my best match since I returned to WWE, uh, my pre-retirement return. Uh, but, uh, having a program with him would have been awesome. He, uh, he reminds me of myself and that's what I love. I mean, uh, that's why Chris Benoit intrigued me because I felt like I was wrestling myself and I, I love that. I'm comfortable with it. Uh, pro wrestling reality says after doing the stalking angle, did you ever get offers to do a psychological thriller role? I thought you could have done a really good, powerful performance as a villain in a thriller slash drama. Is they talking about the thing with Charmel and Booker T? Yes. I guess. Oh gosh. That was my most embarrassing storyline of all time. You know how hard it was for me to do that? Yeah. I have so much respect for Booker and Charmel. And uh it was a tough thing to do. And, you know, just you know, pretending to have an orgasm on TV and <sighs> pretending I was dreaming about Charmel was just totally outlandish. It's just ridiculous. But you know, I did it because I love Vince and that's what he wanted me to do. Uh, here's one that you'll have fun with. Ross wants to know in their prom, who would win a match between you and Briscoe? Oh, I would kick Briscoe's ass. It wouldn't even, it wouldn't even last 10 seconds. And you can tell him I said that. <laughs> <laughs> Matt wants to know if you could have had a long running program with anyone in history, who would it be? And why is the answer? Bret Hart. <laughs> why is the answer? Bret Hart. It is Bret Hart because I believe that he's the greatest wrestler of all time. Yeah. I believe that his in-ring performance, there was nobody better. I would say Shawn Michaels and Chris Benoit are close, even myself, but I still put Bret up there. Don't get me wrong. A Ric Flair needs to be up there too because he's the man and his technique was far superior. But he was, you know, he did a lot of, Rick was, a great wrestler that could get people interested in the psychology of the match, but he was also very entertaining. He took a lot of crazy Ric Flair bumps, the forward bump, the bump off the top of the rope. You know, it was pretty, um, you, you knew what he was going to do and you want him to do it. So he had, he was different in his technique. Bret Hart was just the best over overall technician I've ever seen in my life. This episode is sponsored by blue chew. Say it with us, Blue Chew. Blue Chew is making waves and bringing more confidence to the bedroom by offering chewable tablets that can help men get stronger and longer lasting erections. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable form and at a fraction of the cost. Blue Chew's tablets help men achieve harder, stronger erections to combat all forms of ED erectile dysfunction. Luchu is an online prescription service, so no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. And it ships right to your door in a discreet package. The process is simple. Sign up at bluechew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online. 
Blue Chew's licensed medical providers work with you to find the right ingredient and strength for your prescription. Don't like swallowing pills? No problem here. That's exactly right, Kurt. Blue Chew's Sildenafil and Tadalafil tablets are chewable. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA and they prepare and ship direct so it's cheaper than a pharmacy. So if you could benefit from extra confidence when it's time to perform, visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And here's a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code ANGLE at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com, promo code ANGLE to receive your first month free. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. Oh, it's true. It's damn true. Uh, Neil wants to know if there was one match you could redo, whether it was, you had an off night or there was, there was a lack of chemistry, what match would you redo and why? Well, I think I talked about this on a previous episode, but I never had a really bad match and I, I never said to myself, gosh, I wish I would have do it, done it over again, but I had a match with Eddie and it was before he had the heart attack before he passed away. And Eddie was struggling. You could tell uh, physically that he was having trouble. Uh, You know, he he was very pale. He was walking really slowly. Uh, You know, he looked like an old man when he wasn't wrestling. But, of course, when he walked out through the, you know, Titantron and uh, through Gorilla and went out to the crowd, he was on fire. He was Eddie Guerrero, and he was all energy. But backstage, he was, you know, very low-key and very – he looked very tired. And uh, we had a match one night, a lumberjack match, and uh, I just couldn't get Eddie moving. He was he was really slow. He didn't want to do some spots. At one point, he actually freaked out. He grabbed the rope, and he was saying, no, no, don't do it, don't do it. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like to see Eddie like that because Eddie is one of the best performers of all time. Right. And any match I've ever had with him has been nothing but stellar. And here he was struggling. I mean, I'm surprised nobody really noticed it because I believe a couple months later is when he passed away. But uh, it it was a really tough situation for me. And I wish I could have that match over again because Eddie wasn't at his best. And, you know, I always wanted to wrestle Eddie at his best. Uh, Corey has an interesting question here that I think you'll have fun with. He says, on the November 7th, 2005 episode of Raw, you cut a promo on the fans for chanting, you suck. And redid your entrance, telling them to stop it and get it right. Then you talked about not seeing your family and such. Was this a worked shoot promo? Uh, it was definitely a worked shoot promo. Um, it wasn't a full shoot. It wasn't a full work. It was a little bit of both. And I meant what I said, but you know, I, it was. I was also told to say it, so it you know it was a work shoot. I wouldn't say a full shoot. Not at all. <laughs> Next up. We've got uh, one from Daniel Jefferson. What are your memories of working on the film warrior? And, uh, how did you like being on the set? Oh, it was so much fun. I, you know, I, I went to a casting call, uh, the director, Gavin O'Connor wanted me to come down. The movie was filmed in Pittsburgh. So it was relatively easy for me to go to the fight club where they were training. And, uh, when I stepped in the octagon and, Learned some of the techniques, you know, he, Gavin O'Connor came to me and said, Hey, we want you for this film. We want you to be Koba, the Russian fighter. And, but I need to lose, lose 30 pounds. <laughs> I was like 30 pounds. 
I'm already, you know, 220. I'm not that heavy. I'm I'm fairly light for myself for for what I carry around. Uh, but I did. I lost 30 pounds. I got down to 190. If you saw the film, you could you notice that there was a lot of uh, body mass. Uh, I got a, l- a little bit smaller, a lot thinner. Yeah. But um, it was a lot of fun. Uh, it was it was hard work though. I mean, we we were shooting for six months. It was. You know, I, I did a lot of uh, action and a lot of fighting in the ring with uh, Joe Egerton and uh, one of the other fighters and, you know, the stunt uh, doubles for them. And it was it was a tough situation. It was we, we worked very hard at that movie. It was it was a lot of fun, though. Brew wants to know, could you share any memories or insight from your cage match with Samoa Joe at TNA Lockdown 2008? I was in attendance at that match, and it was one of my favorites. You both seem to really bring out the best in each other. Well, that is one of my favorite matches outside of WWE. That's the one I was going to talk about if I didn't pick Yuji Nagata. And Samoa Joe was just very physical. You knew you were in for a hard night when you're wrestling Samoa Joe because he's going to lay everything in, and he's a big dude, and he comes really hard. And I like that type of wrestling. I love physical wrestling. So I was right there with him doing it. Uh, Colin wants to know what's your favorite part of living in Pittsburgh? Uh, you know what? It's a beautiful city. I would say the four seasons spring, summer, and fall are beautiful winter. I could do without, Yeah, but you know, the other three seasons, it makes the city really special. It it, it gives it a certain glow. Uh, Jordy wants to know, had Kurt not left WWE in 2006, is there anyone that left before his 2017 return who he would have wanted to face? That's a tough one. Um, I don't even, I never talked to him. I don't really know him, but I watched his wrestling and I really appreciated it. It's CM Punk. I knew you I were going to say I that. Would have had a, we would have had a great match. It would have been incredible. I would have loved to work with him. The promos would have been great. Oh, without a doubt, especially him. He's, he's fire with promos. Uh, Bill wants to know of all the places outside of the United States, what was your favorite place to visit that you love their country? I loved a lot of countries, but Rome, Italy was my favorite city and country to go to. It was just beautiful. Seeing the Coliseum, uh, th- that was just breathtaking. I, I had a blast there and, uh, had so much fun and uh, I love traveling throughout the world. The, the problem is we don't have a lot of time to, to go, you know, uh, looking around and, you know, tourism. We're not, can't really tour much because when we get there, we have to, you know, go to the gym, work out, get checked in the hotel, go to the arena, do our show, go back, go to sleep at the hotel. The next morning we're flying to another country or another city to, to do a show. So there's not a lot of time to, to do any touring. Uh, but you know, I, I was able to, in, in Italy and Rome, and, uh, I absolutely loved it. Uh, the best moonsault wants to know, did you prefer your TNA theme or your WWE theme song? I love them both. Uh, I didn't pick my WWE song. Vince McMahon picked it for me, but I picked my TNA song and it was a spinoff of the movie vision quest. The song's called lunatic French. And, uh, it's an amateur wrestling movie. I'm a big fan of amateur wrestling, obviously. So, uh, I decided to use that, uh, melody in my mix. Uh, and I had John Cena's cousin, uh, trademark do the rapping. 
he was he was awesome. So the it was a badass entrance song. But which one did I like better? I still like my WWE theme song. I think it fits me perfectly. Uh, the Shaxter wants to know what were you most excited about after joining WWE? Your first action figure, your first T-shirt, or your first appearance in a video game? They're all so special. That's that's a tough pick, but. When you're in a video game, you know, you made it. <laughs> so I would say the video game, uh, to see yourself in a video game as a character, uh, it's just a huge, um, honor, you know, you, you, you become a, a big time celebrity because you know, you got, you got kids playing you on a video game. That is freaking awesome. Yeah. I, I love my first t-shirt and I, I also, um, Loved, uh, what was the other one? Uh, oh, video game, t-shirt or action figure action figure. Yeah. I love my first action figure and I was excited about them as well, but yeah, the definitely, uh, the, the latter. Here's one that uh, we haven't discussed before. Bryant wants to know, is there someone who was a great amateur wrestler who you thought had the personality to be a great pro wrestler? Yes. And, uh, I think he might be possible that he might do something eventually. And that's Henry Cejudo. He was an Olympic gold medalist. Uh, I believe in 2008, um, might've been 2012. I can't remember, but he ended up being MMA champion and, uh, he's been having discussions with pro wrestling companies. Uh, I did talk to him, uh, actually yesterday, and uh, I think that his gimmick, you know, the triple C, the king of cringe, uh, he's got the right idea about what he wants to do. And, uh, you know, he already has a gimmick because he's been doing it in MMA and UFC for so many years. So I think he would do ex extremely well. He's a great athlete, too. And I did see him on AEW TV, so you never know. Hey, it's Conrad Thompson. I know what you're thinking. This guy has another podcast. Listen, I get it, but let me explain for years. I've been asked if you could have a podcast with anyone in wrestling today, who would it be? And I've been consistent that one of those names was Jeff Jarrett. Now hear me out here. Jeff Jarrett is a third generation promoter. He grew up in the Memphis territory, broke in the business in 86, won the intercontinental and walked out on Vince McMahon in 95. He jumped ship to start working with the horsemen in 96 and then told the world what he really thought about Austin 316 in 98. He held up Vince McMahon for a ton of cash in 99 and jumped ship again to become world champion in 2000. And then on the final night of the Monday night war, the only ever raw nitro simulcast, he was publicly fired by Vince McMahon in 2001. So without a job in wrestling. He decides to embrace his family heritage as a promoter and create jobs himself and started his own promotion in 02. And then a former WCW employee who was on his team committed fraud that nearly bankrupted both him and his father. So he found an angel investor of sorts who wound up being indicted on one of the largest financial schemes in American history. With both of those guys facing prison time, he met with a public relations firm in Nashville to figure out how to save face only to find out the lady he was talking to had billionaire parents. And that's when things got really crazy. If Jeff Jarrett's life story were a movie script, nobody would believe it. 
Conrad, welcome to my world. Hear my story like you've never heard it before, unfiltered and uncensored for the very first time. From Memphis to the WWF, WCW, TNA, and everywhere in between, nothing is off limits in my world. Subscribe today and don't miss My World with Jeff Jarrett, Tuesdays on Westwood One. Uh, Meekin on Movies says a silly one, but who had the bonkers ideas for two wrestlers with neck injuries to exchange concrete pile drivers during the feud with Austin that, you know, I didn't really think about that, but two guys with neck injuries, you would think concrete pile drivers, probably not something we want to sign up for. No, you don't want to sign up for it. I, you know what? I, I trusted Austin. Um, I've only done it twice in my career. Uh, I was always told not to do it. I wasn't allowed to do it, but Austin talked me into it. And, uh, I trusted him because, you know, he's a, he's a really safe worker. Uh, but I, I did take it with him, but Austin doesn't jump in the air when he does it. So it's, you know, the impact, you know, he just goes from his feet and sits down. So it's less impact. And, uh, he kept his knees bent. So my head wouldn't hit the ground. And, uh, I did it with Eric young and TNA once too, but I, I trusted those guys wholeheartedly, but it's, that's one thing that I'm not supposed to take because of my neck injuries. Grooney three sixteen says, was your family actually supposed to jump in the ring and unforgiven one, or was that a shoot celebration? <laughs> no, that was the shoot celebration, but it might as well have been, I think a few uh, of my non-family members actually got in the ring. So there, there was a lot more than just the angle family. So it was kind of a work and kind of a shoot, but, uh, no, that was pre-planned. Uh, we wanted to, we wanted me to beat Austin. Uh, this was right after nine 11. And, uh, I brought the idea to Vince to win the title from Austin because Austin was the world title holder at the time. And I thought it'd be a good idea to give people hope that their Olympic hero wins uh, the match after 9-11 to represent all the people that uh, sacrificed their lives for this country. And Vince thought it was a great idea, and he said, you're going to have to convince Steve. So I had to call Steve, and Steve said, yeah, let's do it. So I only held the title for a week, but, uh, you know, that celebration, it was real. It was just pre-planned. Michael wants to know when you were in the Olympics in 96, did you go watch any of the other events, uh, while you were, uh, at the Olympic village? We didn't really have time to, and with the bombing and everything, you weren't really allowed. They were trying to protect the athletes, but I, I met a lot of those, uh, celebrities, you know, the Olympians, um, Carrie Strug, Dominique Dawes, uh, Dominique Marciano, uh, uh, the dream team. Uh, there, there were just a lot of great athletes just walking around Olympic village. It was a lot of fun to be around them. Let's jump into, um, Jay. He says, what advice do you have for any young wrestlers who are just starting out in the business? Uh, advice for the young wrestlers. Okay. The two most important things you need to do when you start out is you have to learn how to bump properly for safety. And for look, for looks, make sure it's crisp and hard. And you have to learn how to sell. Those are the two most important things in this business. You get those two down, uh, you can continue on from there and become a great worker. But those are the two most basic things that you need to learn off the bat. 
it's really imperative that you learn them though. Uh, no trucker body says, what do you think of Gable Stevenson, Kyle Drake and the 2021 Olympic wrestling team? Well, it sucks for us because in 1996, we were the best USA wrestling team of all time. And we continue to be up until now, but this team is actually better. These guys, uh, you know, the, the world championships, I believe last year, I believe they came across, came, uh, came out with five or six medals out of seven weight classes. So these guys are primed and, uh, they're gonna, they're gonna dominate the Olympics. We have the best USA team wrestling team in, in the history of our, our country right now. Uh, Jason Bayless says, is it true that Kurt was going to wrestle either Brett or sting at WrestleMania 18, if they could get them signed to deals, but ultimately the talks fell through. Did you ever hear that? I never, yeah, there were talks about it. I, I, I heard about it, but, um, I'm not surprised that it didn't occur. Um, you know, they couldn't get sting to sign that early. Um, you know, Bret Hart at that particular time. Uh, you know, he was still wrestling. I believe he was just, wasn't he with WCW at the time? WCW had just went under the year prior and he had that concussion with Goldberg, but they were flirting with the idea of maybe he could still go. And ultimately he just did like the one-off with, uh, with Vince, I think. Okay. did he also, um, didn't he have a, uh, a bicycle injury and a stroke? Yeah. A stroke. Yes. So I believe that, um, well, I did contact Brett. I'm the really? one that contacted him. Yeah. I called him and said, Hey, I want to wrestle you at WrestleMania. I think it would be a dream match. Um, you won't have to do any of the work. I'll do all the bumping and selling. And he immediately said no. And I was like, okay, well, I appreciate it. Nice meeting you, Brett. But I understand now. I mean, later on in my career, I started losing a step and I didn't like what I saw. And, uh, you know, when you get older and you start slowing down, you can't put on the performance that you did in your prime. You don't want to do it anymore. You know, a lot of our, the, our, our, you know, a lot of athletes have a lot of pride and I have a lot of pride. I think Brett does too, you know, having the stroke and, uh, getting the concussion from Goldberg. Uh, he knew that he couldn't put on the Bret Hart performance that he did in his prime. And he doesn't want to wrestle Kurt Angle unless he has, unless he's in his prime, unless he can perform like he was in his prime. So I understood why he said no. Here's one from uh, Steven Watts. Does Kurt know how many awesome memes and GIF he inspired from his raw GM run alone? I don't know that you keep up with that, but have you seen all the oh. silly fun that people have with your facial expressions while you were the GM? Yeah, I, I saw one with a, with a walkie talkie. It's happening. It's yes. happening. Yes. Yeah. I know they <laughs> One where I'm taking a deep breath when yes. Triple H sucker yes. punches me. Yes. So I do see them, but I, I, more gifts as GM of raw than my 20 years of wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Joe wants to know, since you didn't grow up a wrestling fan, have you gone back and watched some of the classics? Yeah. I mean, I watched WrestleMania three. I, I watched WrestleMania 10, uh, wrestle, you know, um, uh, the WrestleMania match in 1996, the Ironman match, Bret Hart versus Shawn Michaels. Cause I wanted to get better. And those guys were the best, but yeah, I, I watched a lot of wrestling from the past and, uh, I try to keep up with it now. Um, you know, w- with historical wrestling, uh, especially watching in the, you know, in the eighties and nineties, um, they had a lot of good wrestling back then. And it was more old school wrestling. I, I kind of enjoyed it. 
let's talk about the six man hell in a cell. Drew wants to know any fun stories of that six man hell in a cell match, the buildup or the limitations from six guys in the same cage. Uh, no fun stories, but uh, you know, to be in that hell in a cell with five of the most popular, most recognizable superstars of all time, you know, undertaker, triple H rock stone, cold Rikishi. It was a, such a huge honor. When I walked out to get in the cage, I was in awe. I was like, holy crap. Like this is, this is historical. I never saw so many big names in one place. It was a really cool moment to do that and actually to win the world title, retain it in that match. Uh, Fernando says if Kurt had the opportunity to induct anyone into the hall of fame, who would it be? Uh, I would say someone that followed me through amateur wrestling, like Brock Lesnar or Shelton Benjamin or team angle Shelton and Charlie, they would make a lot more sense. And, uh, I know that I can relate to them, so I'd be able to speak for them really well and uh, be able to induct them in the Hall of Fame. But I think someone to that stature would be perfect for me. Blanco wants to know who was the best wheel man you ever rode with and who was the worst? I didn't have a worst, uh, but, but my best was Big Show. I mean, the guy drove the whole time. He was a monster. I uh, never had to drive. He would pay for the gas, pay for the rental car, and most of the time he paid for my food. Wow. <laughs> he he was so generous. He's one of my best friends, but he was awesome to travel with. I didn't have to lift a finger. All I had to do is sit and, uh, you know, I could just fall asleep or listen to music. It was awesome. Anthony wants to know what was Luther Reigns like to work with? We don't hear much about him these days. Luther had it all. He was a pretty good worker. Not, not exceptional, but he was pretty good. Uh, he had a great look. He could talk on the microphone. I'm not sure why he didn't pan out, but he was cool to work with. Um, uh, you know, they, they didn't have him do a lot of in-ring stuff, and he never really uh, came to fruition. Uh, nothing ever came out of him, so I'm not sure why that didn't happen because I know Vince loved him at the beginning. He absolutely loved him, was crazy about him, and had big plans for him. That's why he, they put him with me, uh, and uh, we had that society whatever angle, whatever we were called, uh, but, um, the honor society is what it was called. Nobody even knows it, <laughs> but, um, uh, yeah, he was, he was good. He should have panned out. Dan pot says I'm a former amateur wrestler and coach. Did you have a favorite song to listen to at a practice or during warmups? I said it already, uh, lunatic Fred fringe from uh, vision quest. It's a badass song, man. It's uh So wait, that really wasn't just the TNA you. theme. That really was your motivational theme your whole life. Yes, yes, okay. that's why I used it in TNA. If WWE would have gave me the opportunity to make my own entrance music, it it would have been from that song. Is there I mean, would you just listen to it on repeat or did you have like a playlist of sorts? No, I you know, I, I would listen to the whole Vision Quest soundtrack. I got you. That was that was my thing. So it was a, you know, there were different artists, uh, different singers. Uh, one was, um, Stevie, uh, uh, gosh, I forget his name. Uh, but, uh, it was a really cool soundtrack. A lot of popular songs. Yeah. Let's run through it right fast because I've got it pulled up here. Only the young by journey hungry for heaven. Journey. Uh, Johnny James Dio, uh, <laughs> I'll fall in love again. Sammy Hagar, hot blooded foreigner. Harden my heart quarter flash 
time for me to fly Ario Speedwagon, gambler Madonna, uh, crazy for you by Madonna lunatic fringe by red rider, the four seasons, uh, by, uh, Antonio Vivaldi. Boy, they're going to butcher me on that one. Uh, change, <laughs> uh, by John Waite. No more words by Berlin. Shout to the top, the style council, and she's on the zoom by Don Henley. Tell me that isn't a badass soundtrack. <laughs> that is freaking awesome. How could you not expect me to, to listen to that? And just that, that is, that is as badass as it gets. Uh, Chris Naffy has uh, a question. Did WWE ever consider the possibility of Kurt angle milk? And listen, that sounds far-fetched, but let's remember a few years ago, this same company sold booty cereal. I think new day cereal and Kurt angle milk. That could have worked. It definitely would have worked. Um, the company never considered it. I was going to be in a milk ad, but I left in 2006. Uh, I believe they got that for me, but it got taken away. Uh, but I think that if WWE would have did Kurt Angle milk, we would have sold really well. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, we've been a great addition to booty. cereal. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Um, I think we've, we've talked about belts before, but we keep getting the same questions here of all the championships that you've won. Which belt design was your favorite? I think you told us it was your first WWF world title. I think fans call it the big Eagle. Is that still the answer? Yes. It's the big Eagle. It's the most traditional. I like tradition and, uh, it looked really cool. It had the big Eagle on it and, uh, you know, with the wings and yep. it was, it was a badass belt. You it had- was a little old school, you know, it was a circular circular shape, but it, it worked. It, I, I loved it. You had a few different TNA world titles. Did you prefer one over the others? Uh, the, 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 the most modern one is what the one that I, uh, refer or I, I liked better. Gotcha. Um, I believe I have it here somewhere. Don't tell them that <laughs> I stole it. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. I'm on a podcast. <laughs> I, uh, I'll be, t- I just revealed that I stole the belt. I love it. I, uh, <laughs> we have a, a show on, uh, ad free shows called title chase. And cause I collect belts, as you can see behind me. And so we tell I a story know. about a belt that we have and how we got it. And uh, there you go, boys and girls. There's another example of how one gets out of the barn, so to speak. <laughs> um, I stole it. Yes, I did. Uh, Chris says, uh, how much fun was the woo fest with Ric Flair on raw and was the entire segment scripted or did you add libit? Well, it was scripted but we weren't supposed to stay, say the woos as much as we did, but Rick kept going. I kept going. So yeah. we just kept going till he, uh, he outwooed me, <laughs> but you know, at that point in my career, I had three neck surgeries and I couldn't, my voice box was messed up from the, the cut the surgery. So I can't woo. I this is as loud as I can go. Woo. Yeah. I can't do a high pitched woo. And I couldn't back then. And I felt like an idiot. I, I was really insecure about my woos, <laughs> which is kind of weird, but you know, Ric Flair was wooing way better than I was. And I felt like I got out wooed by him. So you're woo shy. I like it. I'm uh, woo shy. Yeah. Uh, Tyler Rogers wants to know what wrestler treated you the best backstage. Big show. He, he was. You know, even though he's a couple years younger than me, he was more like a father figure. His big show was, he was like your grandpa, you know, he, uh, you listened to him. He had great advice. Uh, he took care of you. He drove you around, made sure you're okay. 
a very caring individual for as big and badass as he is. He's one of the nicest guys in the world. Just incredibly generous. Uh, this one's from the uh, attitude era. They say, what'd you enjoy more your attitude era run or your ruthless aggression era run? Oh, that's tough. Uh, the, the Olympic hero versus the wrestling machine. Uh, you know, I had a lot more fun doing the Olympic hero, uh, gimmick. Uh, I was more entertaining, uh, did some funny stuff, goofy stuff, but the rest machine was really cool. I liked being the serious, you know, badass, you know, kick your ass, you know, uh, dominating wrestler. And, uh, so it's a hard choice, but I would have to say that the Olympic hero was what I liked the best. Here's a fun one. Andrew Thompson wants to know why was it Jason Jordan at ringside with the rest and you or your family at the retirement match in WrestleMania 35. All right. I'm going to tell you a secret. He's not really my son. (laughs) (laughs) Why would he be there? That's tremendous. Uh, That's my answer. uh, Coach D Mac wants to know, would you ever be open to being a professional wrestling manager? And having your own stable of former Olympic wrestlers. Oh gosh. Uh, <laughs> um, I would definitely want to manage them, but you talk about a bunch of Olympic wrestlers. It'd be really difficult to get them all trained ready for pro wrestling. Uh, it's a hard transition, but it's possible, uh, you know, and you know, wrestlers can have some egos. So, you know, you'd, Dealing with those egos could be really hard too. So I'm not so sure I'd want to manage them, but, uh, at the end of the day, I would love to do something like that to be serious. Um, you know, uh, managing Olympic wrestlers that crossed over the, in the professional wrestling. Um, you know, I, I know what they are going to go through. I can relate to them and I think I'd be a great communicator for them. Do you find yourself making that long commute home, listening to your favorite wrestling podcast, only to realize half your trip was hearing way too many ads just like this one? Then I have a solution for you. Adfreeshows.com. Maybe you've often wondered what it would be like to actually see Kurt Angle's face as he talks through one of his many epic wrestling matches. Guess what? You can, and it's only at adfreeshows.com. Adfreeshows.com is the be-all, end-all for wrestling fans. Whether you like to listen or watch, you can do it early and ad-free right now and find out why everyone that joins says, why didn't I do this sooner? An annual subscription could be the perfect birthday, Mother's Day, or Father's Day gift. So put it on your list and head on over to adfreeshows.com now to see what all the buzz is about. Uh, Jordan wants to know, is there any finish in particular that you personally hated taking the last ride by undertaker? I mean, you talk about wanting to crap your pants when you hit the mat, it was, it's a, it's a very forceful move and you're going, you know, he's seven foot tall. So he puts his hands up. You're eight feet in the air before he power bombs you for the last ride. You're, uh, you know. Your, your, your tongue ends up falling through your ass. <laughs> it's, it's a brutal move. It knocks the wind out of you. Uh, here's one that I've never even thought about from, uh, Stilo Brown. He says, Hey Kurt, I have a question about pyro. I've been to many shows and it's deafening. Did it ever bother you or any of the other wrestlers? 
any funny stories regarding pyro? We didn't really get affected by pyro because we were so uh, focused on our matches. Uh, it didn't bother me that much, but the, uh, the first time I got pyro, I forgot about it. And I walked out to my entrance music. I was supposed to stop and put my hands in the air and my pyro was supposed to go off. I forgot. And I kept walking down the ramp and the pyro went off and I was like, holy shit. It scared the hell out of me. I turned around and you could tell I was, you know, scared to hell from that. And, uh, it was a little bit embarrassing, but I played it off. Like I was supposed to do it. <laughs> All right. We'll do a few more and then we'll start winding things down. Um, JTWOH says, do you regret leaving TNA? And if you could do it all over again, would you have jumped to WWE at a different time? I didn't have a choice to jump to WWE. They weren't ready to take me back. I had to show that I could be consistent in my recovery. Um, I was trying to get back to WWE, uh, by 2014, I was making attempts and, uh, Vince wasn't interested. He just felt that, uh, my reputation at the time was not good. So I had to earn my respect back by earn his respect back by staying clean for a few more years. So I, I, I wanted to go back earlier, uh, even though I love TNA and I love my work in there and I love Dick's car to death. She's an awesome boss. Uh, but I, she knew that I wanted to go back to WWE to finish my career. And I didn't get back there till I believe, uh, 2017. So took me a few years to gain, gain back Vince trust. Uh, here's one from, uh, AOTV productions. When did you find out that your in-ring return to WWE was going to take place at TLC? I found out the week before, uh, the, the TLC match, uh, Roman Reigns was out of commission from the shield and they needed a replacement. Vince was trying to think of somebody and he thought this would be the perfect time to start Kurt back to wrestling. So he replaced me with Roman and man, I was so excited. I marked out that night. If you saw me in the crowd, when we walked out for our entrance, we're in the crowd. I was in the back with uh, Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins in front of me. I look like a fanboy. I was marking out. I was so happy. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> smile on my face. Just, having a blast. Uh, it was a lot of fun teaming up with those guys and they're a legendary group. That faction is one of the most popular of all time. Uh, boy, here's a controversial one from Mike. Is it true that Kurt started sitting in production meetings because a certain individual with three initials wasn't, let's say being helpful towards his career. You know, I've touched on this before, Kurt, there's lots of rumor and innuendo that supposedly triple H, uh, would, uh, I always say the nicest things in those production meetings. And I guess there's a rumor that that came to you and you decided to start attending the same meetings. Is that true? I, I wasn't my idea to start attending the meetings. It was actually Vince's idea. And I don't know, you know, why Vince wanted me to go. I think he was trying to train me as a long-term employee of the company. So he wanted me to understand the business much quicker and he wanted me to understand the production and everything else that goes along with it. So he asked me to start going and I went for about a year, my first year. And, um, I started getting, you know, you know, wrestlers were getting standoffish to me. And I felt like, uh, maybe me going to the meetings, they knew I was going there and they thought maybe I was 
politicizing for myself. Yeah. And I was, and I never did. Uh, but triple H never said anything bad about me in the meetings, at least not when I was in there, but I don't know if it happened beforehand. I I'm not really sure, but he always talked well of me as far as I know, but, um, you know, going to the meetings, I felt like I was getting heat with the boys. So a year later I told Vince, I I don't want to go anymore. I'm going to stop going and, you know, don't be upset with me. I just don't want the boys pissed off at me. So I, I quit going to the meetings because of that. Tim Davidson says, Kurt, I remember you first started using the ankle lock in late 2000. Then in 2003, you began grape binding the leg, which I thought was brilliant. Was this your idea or where did you come up with that concept? Well, I wanted to come up with a, a tease ankle lock and a for sure ankle lock. So the tease ankle lock was to stand on your feet or on my knees and have the ankle lock in, you know, the fans, I would still make guys tap out at various times, but a lot of the times they would get out of the move and they would continue on with the match. But when I get the grapevine down, there's only been one other time that, uh, no one's tapped out to that. And that was Brock Lesnar. He dragged me across the ring and grabbed the ropes, but it's really difficult. You have to be a big, strong dude like Brock Lesnar to drag my 230 pound ass across the ring to get to the ropes. So, um, I protected it by using the grapevine. That was my, it's getting serious. Now this match is ended. Uh, that was my, my, uh, grapevine ankle lock. That's what it meant. Uh, Kent wants to know once you, uh, back in your wrestling days, what was your drink of choice? Milk. <laughs> I was a milk drinker. Uh, I'm a big diet Pepsi fan too, even though Coke sponsored me for the 1996 Olympics. I have to thank them for that, but I actually prefer Pepsi right now. Not sure why different taste, different time, I guess. But, uh, milk has always been my favorite drink. I've always drank it and I love it. Uh, Chris says, uh, what do you think about a potential matchup between Eddie Guerrero and Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 22? What do you think it would have looked like if it actually happened? Wow. Uh, could you say greatest match of all time? It would have been that's on the what list, they were right? going to have. Yeah. I, you know what? If, if they went through it cleanly, it would be the greatest match of all time. If they didn't make any mistakes and it was a clean match, that would be match of all time. Greatest match of all time, without a doubt. I'm just wondering who would go over. Right. That's the, that's a tough one. I'm thinking Shawn Michaels is Mr. WrestleMania. Cause he has a great reputation of having the best matches at WrestleMania. So I would say Eddie would probably go over in that match. Here's one from Taylor. Uh, how was your backstage interaction with sting when you first arrived in TNA in late Oh six, was he happy you were there? Did it take a while for him to open up with you? How was he behind the scenes? Well, I actually met sting two months prior before I started, um, on TV. Dixie Carter flew me down to Nashville, Tennessee. She flew sting into Nashville. We met privately in a back room at a restaurant. Nobody knew we were there. And it was strictly just so I could meet sting and talk to him and get to know him. And we hit it off from the start. We got along perfectly. Well, uh, we had a lot in common, um, you know, he was, he was, uh, just, uh, the, one of the most humble people I've ever talked to. I can't believe that he was part of WCW at a time where things there were very political and guys would be stabbing each other in the back. And, you know, for sting as nice as he is, and as generous as he is, 
it's crazy that he had that much success in that company. That's just outlandish. Uh, but he's such a great guy. He's one of the most solid guys I've ever met. Um, Ali says my all-time dream match, my all-time dream match was Kurt Angle versus Sting. Do you think it would ever happen in AEW? <laughs> well, considering um, I'm 52 and Sting's you know a lot older than I am, not much older, but a little bit older, I'd say the chances are no, slim to none, because for for many reasons. One is we're both too old. Um, we're not too old to wrestle younger guys. Don't get me wrong. You, you wrestle a younger guy that can, you know, spice up the match and make it a little more interesting. Um, you can have some great matches still, but when you start losing a step and you're both older and you both lost a step, it's really hard to make that up. So, you know, I'll give you a great example. Um, undertaker versus Goldberg. Yeah. Um, you know, they were both up in age, but you put Goldberg with a Brock Lesnar or Undertaker with an AJ Styles or switch them around, whatever you want to do. You put the older guys with the younger wrestler, you're going to get a great match because the younger guy keeps the match flowing, keeps the match moving. You have to have that type of movement in the match. So having two older guys that should be re- most likely should be retired, but they can still go it's going to be a lot more difficult to have a successful match like that. By the way, if you want to go check it out, you did have singles matches on pay-per-view with sting in like Oh seven and Oh nine, right? Yes, I did. Well, I had some great singles matches with sting. I think one was bound for glory too. That's exactly right. 2007. Uh, here's a weird one from Rory. Do you still shave your armpits? <laughs> uh, I don't shave my armpits, but my armpits do get hairy. They're not hairy right now because I clip them. I clip electric clipper. Oh my gosh. I don't know why. If I shaved, I don't know if I could shave my armpits. I'd be tearing that shit up. Oh my gosh. There's so many random questions in here. I feel like we're getting to the end of this now that I'm, boy, we just. The bottom of the barrel. Kurt, let's, uh, let's remind everybody while we're really here. And that's to ask this question. When you're looking for a healthy snack, what do you go to? Physically fit chicken snacks or snack, smart, organic plant protein. You can get them online at physicallyfit.com. We have 11 flavors. They're all incredible. High protein, low carbohydrate. Make sure you order yours at physicallyfit.com. And we've even got a special promo code where you can save 20% on your entire order. It's angle pod. Just type in angle pod in the promo code and you get 20% off your entire order. Tons of flavors, something for everybody. Cinnamon swirl, Kung Pao, Sriracha, sweet barbecue, jalapeno ranch, pizza, Buffalo wing, and more. There you see Kurt showing them off right there. Loud and proud. Check it out. There's Kung Pao. Boom. There's uh, Buffalo wing and blue cheese and pizza. They're all incredible. The flavors are amazing. You're going to absolutely love them. Uh, Just talking about the Buffalo wing specifically, 10 grams of protein per serving, three grams of fiber, zero sugar. How do you beat that? 70 grams of protein per bag. Uh, And and again, we also have some non chicken opportunities, the plant protein where you can get honey mustard with pretzel pieces. Uh, You can also get sour cream and onion. You got that same spicy Buffalo and blue cheese that Kurt loves. And of course the uh, brown sugar cinnamon, which is a favorite for Mrs. Angle. 
And don't forget when you go to physicallyfit.com, you use that promo code AnglePod, you get 20% off, but you can also see where you can go pick up a bag today at a local retailer. Uh, something else that you can't pick up retail though, is an autographed Kurt angle, whatever. I can't believe you're doing this, but not only do you have eight by tens and you, you have videos and you have t-shirts and you have birthday cards, but you got cowboy hats, you got milk cartons, and you'll even accept things from people. So if they have a picture from meeting you at an old meet and greet or an old WWF poster, whatever they can ship it to you, you'll autograph it, knock it right out. And it happens at Kurt right? Kurt. Yes, I have birthday cards, photographs, uh, uh, cowboy hats, milk cartons, cameo video messages, birthday cards, everything. Um, uh, we were uh, also, if you want to send a photo to me that you love, or I took a picture with you, you want me to sign it, send it to the address on the website, kurtanglebrand.com, and I will sign it to you for a small donation for charity. Check it out. If you haven't already, KurtAnglebrand.com, and, uh, don't forget to pick it up over at physicallyfit.com. Kurt, that's going to be the end of our ask Kurt anything. I really like this. We get to cover a lot of ground. We're going to do another one of these sooner rather than later. What do you think of the, uh, ask Kurt anythings? I think it's great. The freestyle. So <laughs> this is a lot of fun asking various questions about different points of my career. It's actually my favorite episodes. I actually like these better than. Uh, pinpointing pay-per-views. I just love the, the array of questions. They're all different. And I guess we should, uh, I don't want to spoil the surprise, but we should at least announce that you and I are going to continue to experiment here on the show. And we're even going to have the occasional guest. Isn't that right? Yes. Our first guest is one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. I believe he's a 14 or 15 time world champion. And that is Randy Orton a third generation wrestler. He is the best in the business today right now. And it's going to happen sooner rather than later. Stay tuned, boys and girls. We're just getting started on the Kurt angle show. We'll see you next week right here on Westwood one. What if you could pay off all your credit card debt, a home equity line of credit and knock eight years off of your loan. It sounds too good to be true, but save with Conrad can do it for you. Seriously, that's an actual story from someone who listens to this podcast just like you. If you have a home equity line of credit, if you're in a 30-year loan, or you've got credit card debt, it's not a matter of if we can save you money. It's a matter of how much. Just ask Selby in North Carolina. We hooked them up. They left us a five-star review and had this to say. Jimmy and Jennifer were great to work with. We knocked eight years off our mortgage and paid off our home equity loan and credit cards. Would recommend them to everyone. And right now, we can help more families than ever before. We're licensed in more than 40 states. You don't need perfect credit. You don't need money out of your pocket. And if we can't save you some cash, we won't waste your time. Seriously, the worst case scenario is you spend 10 minutes and we give you the peace of mind that you've got the best deal for your family. That's what my family wants to do for you right now over at SaveWithConrad.com. But what if we could knock eight years off your loan? Think about that. You know to the penny what your house payment is. Now multiply it by 12 payments a year times eight years. That's our gargantuan sum of money. Find out how much money you can save right now for free at savewithconrad.com. That's savewithconrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. Oh, and did I mention no house payments for two months? Find out how you can do it right now for free at savewithconrad.com. 
John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on, right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on a sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.